This is Podflix, episode 159. I am Paul. I'm Willie. I am Nish. How are you doing, gentlemen? Delightful. <laughs> That's good. Um, uh, we watched this week a movie called Trial of the Chicago 7. Fun fact, only two of the three of us watched the movie. Keep listening to find out who. I think you'll be surprised. Um, <laughs> But before we get to that, um, Disney announced they were making, uh, let's see, if I let me check my numbers. Yes, uh, 420 Marvel uh, TV shows and 386 Star Wars movies and or shows um, that will be coming I think those out. numbers check out. Yeah, I think so too. Um, we're not going to talk about all of them, but I wanted to talk about two of them that I liked quite a bit uh, to hear. Um, the first is they gave us more details about the Obi-Wan TV series. Um, Dude, well, I was really pumped to hear about the Obi-Wan series. Um, and then mm-hmm. Hayden Christensen. I don't have a problem with this, and I'll tell you why. I don't I, think I, Hayden... I, I also don't have a problem with it, but I'm interesting interested to hear your take. Go for um, it. I don't think Hayden Christensen is ter- is a terrible actor, and I don't think he would necessarily be terrible in this. I think he was given a shit script and terrible directing like everybody else in the prequels and did a shit job. Um, and so I think if he's got decent material, I think he could, I think he could do a good job. Honestly. I kind really? of, I, I kind of agree. And uh, I will add that he is a good bit older now, which I think will do him well in the role. Like, like just being older and having a little more heft. To him, not not literal heft. I have no idea what he looks like, but but like, <laughs> you, put on fifty pounds. You you gain a little gravitas. I I guess the question I have is, um, like how much? I I I didn't. I I don't remember what the details are about his involvement. As in, like, when when exactly does this take place? Like, is he just in a suit the whole time? Like, what what's going on? Right. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um. They did, and they don't. They haven't really said. I mean, I don't think he could play, you know, episode three Darth Vader, like you know, pre-suit Darth Vader anymore, right? There isn't. There is. So, there's. There isn't very much time. Like it's like we we basically saw all of his time as Vader, but before the suit, like in the third movie, right? Like. There's no like there's no like hidden episode in there that where it's like oh now we're gonna find out what he did during this period of time. Like, wait, wait. So let me get this right. Hayden Christensen playing Darth Vader in the suit means you don't see his face, and they're not going to use James Earl Jones' voice. No, I don't know. I, this, this is this is what I'm wondering. They have I, to use James Earl Jones' voice because they used James Earl Jones' voice when he first became Vader, well, right. or first went into the suit. I should say. I can get, I can get on board if that's if that's the way it is. It's just him in the suit. <laughs> it's just him in the suit. Speaking. He's he's Pedro Pascaling it. <laughs> I'm on. I'm in. Um, I yeah, have no, no, no. don't even use his voice. <laughs> I have a prediction for this. What this is going to be? This is going to be like um, some kind of like force vision mind melt thing where they can like talk to each other in their minds so you'll get him you'll get like the anakin out of the suit version 
Um, Got it. Like, 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 like they're going to kind of do a similar, like the sort of the Kylo Ren Ray thing from like the. Uh, similar. Yeah. Like but the, it, it'll be like, but, a, but, but not exactly the same. Right. It'll be in like Obi-Wan's mind palace or whatever. And like, you know, what if it's just like flashback and shit, but you think they'll actually be talking to each other or you think it'll be like, like what Obi-Wan thinks like, like Obi-Wan's version no, my, of my, Anakin. My my I'm I'll put a stake in the ground. My prediction is they will actually talk to each other a little bit. Okay, yeah. what seems weird to me about that is that, like, if they did that, is there a reason they wouldn't continue doing that? Like, wh- why when you get to Star Wars: A New Hope would it be so weird for them to be seeing each other after so long if they just been fucking talking to each other in their minds <laughs> for twenty years? <laughs> well. <laughs> All right, you got me there. Yeah, it's you know, I'm I'm still I'm I'm excited for the show. <laughs> so we'll we'll leave it at that, and we'll just see where the fuck it goes. I mean, you and McGregor was the best part of the first those first three movies, definitely. So I was question. very excited that they were going to do a spinoff with him, and I'm very excited about the Mandalorian is just so excellent. I, I am now like officially excited about like like hey, they can do standalone series and do them quite well. Yeah. Yeah, I think agreed. So. Agreed. Uh, I'm a little nervous with the Mandalorian <laughs> that that it's going to stop being so standalone. <laughs> I haven't seen I haven't started watching the second season, so say yeah, nothing. Yeah, no, no, it's 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 fair. I mean, nothing nothing has yeah. I'm not I'm not really spoiling anything, but yeah, I I just hope it remains standalone. Um I I I also have not watched like I'm not completely up to date for what it's so, worth. So that's the TV show they're doing. And then they're doing a movie as well. Patty Jenkins is doing a Rogue Squadron movie, uh, which I don't know if you guys watched the little Patty Jenkins teaser for it. It was totally awesome. Um, And I'm pretty pumped for this movie. I don't know if it's based on... uh, I I mean, I know there were books called about Rogue Squadron. I don't know if it's based on that or if they're doing their own thing. Um, But I'm super pumped for this. When I heard about this, I was like, Paul's going to love this shit. I don't know why. Are you like a Rogue Squadron guy, Paul, or did I just make that up? I mean, I don't really know <laughs> what that means. So I don't know. I feel like you've talked. You you know, like the names of those characters in a way normal people don't. I don't think that's true. Um, um, no, I don't know. I, I'm excited for it. I think I I really like Patty Jenkins. I think she's pretty awesome. So I think yeah. she'll do something really cool. Um, she seems really pumped about it, which is always good. Um, and I, I mean, I'll, I'll admit, like, I do love those classic X-Wings. I think they're super cool. And like, oh, a whole movie around like that kind of like dog fighting and stuff, I think could be, could be really rad. I'm, I'm pumped to see more of that. I think it'd yeah, be good. No, I, absolutely. Like they, I, I totally agree with everything you said. And I feel like, yeah, that, I mean, that, that's kind of, you know, one thing that's missing from the Mandalorian, which I think is fine because the Mandalorian is telling a different story, but like the idea that we'll be back in sort of a fighter pilot mode a little bit is, is very exciting to me. Yeah, totally. Um, and they got, you know, more stuff coming. We're not going to, can't go over all of it, but yeah. I did. Although wanna... I, 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 I am very excited that, uh, what's his name? I, they announced this before I know, but that Taika Waititi is also doing a star Wars movie. Yes. Um... Yes. That'll, that, that I think will be very cool. So I'm I'm curious what you guys think generally now like you know Star Wars was like back with a 
you know, a new trilogy and some other movies that had mixed reception and then has now kind of gone away for a little bit and will be coming back again. Um, how are you guys feeling about that? Like, do you think it's going to be, are you feeling hopeful? Are you feeling worried? Do you think they're going to pull this together? What do you guys think? I'm not worried. What about you, Nish? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think um, as long as they don't try to, this is weird, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the MCU, the, the other thing that had a whole lot, bunch of annoy, announcements going on. And I like how tied in everything is actually there because I think they generally have done a good job with that so far with the stuff they've chosen to tie in um, to each other. I hope that they don't do that with Star Wars. I think as long as they keep things fairly like separate and standalone for the most part, I don't I don't mind characters being in other like things, but I don't want some kind of overarching story necessarily that is telling some grand saga. I kind of feel like that's where the that that's part of where the newest trilogy kind of fell flat for me was its insistence on completely continuing on basically making all nine movies the Skywalker saga when mm-hmm. it really could have just been a new trilogy with yeah. and, and not harken back so much. So as long as they don't do that, I'm not really worried. I, I think like I, I like this new direction they're going in with like a lot of different stories that they're telling. I don't think they're doing that just because like so many of the things are set in different time periods. Right. Absolutely. And, and I like that too. Yeah. Like they're even doing like old Republic stuff, aren't they? Um, I know they're doing I, books and stuff. Um, yeah. And I'm sure they're yeah, going to no, do more of that. They're doing a lot of different stuff. And, and I don't mind like if they nod to like characters that might like show up later or something like I'm sure that like they're doing. They're also doing that uh, show about Cassian Andor, Diego Luna's character in Rogue One. And I'm sure that some people will show up there who like later become, you know, big people in like Star Wars or Rogue One or like that kind of thing, like here and there. And I don't mind that. But like I like the idea that it'll just be like kind of a bit of a standalone thing about who he is. It'll just be him trying to, um, him and old Yoda. He tried to get old Yoda back to Dagobah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Every Star Wars thing now has a Yoda sidekick character. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, you got to be bringing a Yoda somewhere. <laughs> That's right. Oh, Yoda shipment. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I, I think it'll be good. I, I, I don't have anything to base this on, but I think they learned their lesson from the new trilogy. Um, the stories are told, man. There's really nothing else to say from there. So, yeah, and in I, a lot of in a lot of ways, like I think there might be some opportunities to tie things together, but it would be in a way similar to Star Trek and the Next Generation, right? They're kind of their own. I think what it feels like already with what they've done thus far and what they seem to be planning going forward, just kind of self-contained like casts and movies and not enough overlap for you to know that, yeah, we're in the same universe here, but like we don't share space with, with these characters. Right. And that's great. You know? Yeah. And and I'm hopeful the other thing they've learned is that like, it's okay to take a little time and not rush things out. Cause I think a lot of the, I don't know. What do we, what, what do people call this? The new trilogy? I don't know what people call it. Um, a lot of, I think, a lot of the problems with that is how rushed it all was, and there was there was yeah. no like grand unifying vision or like nobody took the time to take a step back. It was just like we're gonna make this movie. All right, we're gonna make the next one. All right, let's make the last one. All right, hey, we're right. Um, well, 
I think that's why Solo shit the bed so hard. Did yeah. it though? I, I, I don't. I, I don't. I mean, the movie's fucking terrible, Paul. I don't think that movie's terrible. It was no. bad. <laughs> all right. You saw it with me. I <clears throat> yeah. I thought I, th- I thought it was all right. I did. I did not think it was bad. I did not think it was nearly as bad as like the box office made it out to be. I just think that they overloaded like Star Wars movies. I, I think that was the biggest issue with that movie. It wasn't great. Like it, like it's not Rogue One, which I think is a fantastic movie, but um they they just put out solo like way too soon after last jedi rogue one was my second is my second favorite star wars movie yeah 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 mine mine too and i assume we have the same first one (laughs) 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 i like how we all we all we we all had the same idea there Someone's out there going, damn it, those are my favorite movies. Um, yeah, I know. I know. That's the sad part. Um, all right. Well, we'll see what happens. I guess we'll have lots of Star Wars to watch. And like you said, there's plenty of MCU stuff. Right. Coming as well. So, You know what's going to be cool about it? This is going to sound really dumb. I won't feel pressure to see it like right away when it opens in the theaters or whatever because there's just enough content where like, like there's still plenty of MCU stuff I haven't seen, which I'm like, I'm gonna get to that, and I look forward to that. Like I still haven't seen Thor Ragnarok. Uh, I know oh, it's good. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that. But that's good. But it'll be, it'll be fun enough, to watch it. There's enough content out there and enough Marvel stuff that I'm like, uh, I'll get to it. When I didn't see it in theaters, so like I'll, I'll get to it and I'll really enjoy it when it's there. It's it's really gonna make like all this stuff. I mean, you're right, and it's really gonna make Disney Plus like the must-have streaming service. I think for. A, a wide swath of the population. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's that's what you have for all, having all that IP. Well, I guess it works for them. Yep. Um, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you what IP they don't have. They don't have the Trial of the Chicago Seven. Um, nice segue. Thank you. <laughs> the movie we watched uh, this for this episode. Um, it was on Netflix. And um, Dish, why don't you give us your classic patented? recap i i you know i don't know i i kind of feel like i'd like to hear from you uh a quick synopsis no of no what no this no movie i definitely about. think I, this is definitely your territory you should definitely be the one to to handle this i i wouldn't want to sh- tread on it you, you, you sure paul i mean i mean you are the host you're you're exactly i've been talking all this time I, it's time for me to take a step back and let someone else Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, basically, um, the trial of the Chicago seven is, um, is a true story or, you know, it's, it's a dramatized version of a true story, um, of, uh, that takes place, um, after the, uh, 1968 democratic national convention. Um, this was, uh, very famous for anyone who doesn't know, uh, because, uh, it took place in Chicago. It was during, you know, basically, um, a very tumultuous, time in uh american history specifically um there was a lot going on with the escalation of the vietnam war and so there was a lot of protests going on during the democratic national convention that devolved into rioting uh in chicago and this is a very famous uh um period of time um some of the uh people who were um heading up the many groups that were protesting in chicago during that weekend uh, were eventually arrested and charged with uh, inciting, basically, a conspiracy to incite a riot. 
Um, and those uh, people were tried as first the Chicago eight and then eventually the Chicago seven. Um, and basically the movie is about that trial and it, it intercuts a little bit with uh, what happened during the riots as well, but it's mostly about the trial itself. So as dish was um, deftly alluding to earlier, I didn't see this movie. Um <laughs> I completely and utterly forgot to watch it, and I watched Predator instead. So you 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 had one thing to do, Paul, yeah, and I blew it. Um, so I will be asking you guys um, mostly about this movie, and you can let me know if it's something that I should end up uh, end up watching. But the, the the question I had for you guys going into it is: Were you guys how were you guys familiar with this story? And if so, like how familiar were you with the with the events that this movie covers? I'd be willing to bet Nish was far more aware of it than I was. Um, I didn't know much about it, to be honest with you. Like, I, I was aware that something happened, but I didn't know anything about each of the people. And even while watching the movie, I was like, hey, is the guy, is Abby Hoffman, is that? Like, I still had never looked up to figure out, is, is that the guy who was, like, giving the speech during Forrest Gump down at the Washington Monument? Is that the same character or, like... Yeah, I I knew nothing about the people. It's the long and short. Right, right. Uh, to, to answer your question first, I mean, th- that that scene in Forrest Gump is not like a historical scene, like the way that right, like right. the JFK. So it's not like a real person. I it's think supposed like supposed to be him, right? Yeah. Or like, yeah, it's supposed to be like in that wheelhouse. I don't know if it's like literally supposed to be him, but yeah, it's it's right. definitely leaning that way. Yeah, I was not that much more familiar with it. Honestly, like I knew I knew there was a trial. I knew kind of what the result of the trial was. I knew the names of most of the people who were on trial, but I did not know the details of what they were being charged with or really who they were or the different factions or any of that. And I certainly didn't know what went on at the trial in detail. Um, So, yeah, I didn't I didn't go into this knowing that much about the story either. I didn't know the result of the trial. I, I have a follow-up question for you, Nish, then, since you kind of knew it. Well, one, did did you find this movie like, this is, Sorkin wrote this, right? Yes, he wrote and directed so, it. So, like, the dialogue is snappy as fuck, right? And mm-hmm. generally, it's kind of, you have to pay, I have not seen a Sorkin movie, TV show that I've not been, like, locked in and had to pay attention to just on the tempo alone. But did you find it compelling, even though you knew what was going to happen? Or like, what, what did you think um, as Ab- far as like grabbing your attention? Absolutely. I, I, I don't think that the point of this movie was like, I, I, I don't think you needed to know, like, man, is the verdict in doubt? Like, are they going to be found guilty or not guilty or, or anything like that in order to be kind of um, to, to find sort of what was going on pretty compelling? Yeah, so, I yeah. think the point of what was going on is like, how fucked up can this justice system actually get yes uh, and it, absolutely and it gets pretty fucked up right yes yeah absolutely yeah i mean i can tell you guys based on the trailer it looks like these guys do not get anything approaching a fair shake when it comes to the trial uh, not at all and uh, not at yeah all. And, yeah and, and i guess my question was going to be like is that is that a is that like a through line is that something they are able to overcome my i don't know the outcome of this trial my guess is they probably doesn't have a happy ending but um, so i mean we, we usually go through what happens in the in the movies um do you want to do we do you want me to tell you considering you may watch this movie or do you want us to dance around it a little bit 
No, I honestly, I think it's fine because like, I don't know what, what other people think, but especially movies, you know, that dramatize things that actually happen, like you can't really spoil history, right? Uh, Agreed. You could, you could look this up very easily. Yeah. I mean, they, they are eventually found guilty. Um, and then the verdicts are thrown out, which is, which is told through, through, a um, not a voiceover. What am, what am I trying to say? Through a, through a, scr- a scrawl at the end. Um, so they were they were found guilty, but then they were found not guilty, basically. Um, Got it. it. It's um, yeah. It, uh, it, there's a lot going on, obviously, in in terms of what this movie is about and kind of what's going on. But I, I think the two things that it was attempting to show were one exactly what you were saying, Willie, about how basically like the establishment was really stacked up against these people and how you know they really did not get a fair trial at all. Yeah. And, and if they wanted to get you, by the way, you were gone. There, yeah. there was no, there's no getting out of it. Like if, if the, if the Supreme court or, you know, DOJ, somebody says like, we want these people in jail. You're just fucked. You're just done. Right. And then, and then the other part was kind of showing who, who these people were at least somewhat in a general sense. Like, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter as it gets into was that these, eight people were charged with kind of being ringleaders of like the, you know, kind of that, that they had all conspired to basically cause damage and like create a riot in Chicago. And the truth of the matter was, is that they belonged to widely disparate groups who were all kind of protesting some of the, they were all protesting the same thing, namely involvement in the Vietnam war, but they were going about it different ways. They had different aims and all sorts of stuff. And so, you know, it gets into that a little bit about sort of, the differences between all of them and other people have made this point. Yeah. I, I, after we watched it, I read a couple of reviews just to get a sense for what people had thought of this movie. And a lot of people made the point that this movie was very locked into what has happened this year specifically um, yeah. in, in terms of two things really, right. You know, in terms of like sort of the miscarriage of just, you know, widespread protests, a fractured left wing that has very different ideas of how to go about kind of proceeding with that and the um the uh you know violence against black people as well this is fairly prevalent in this movie and in what you know they're one of the main characters uh bobby seal is the co-founder of the black panthers and he is he is on trial and he is treated very very badly first you know first he is treated you know badly in terms of he gets even more of a shit deal than the rest of the uh the uh defendants and then he is literally beaten in in what is probably the most gut-wrenching scene of the movie well too bad they couldn't figure out a way to make this movie topical uh, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> oh um, and then there's yeah. the police the police violence thing as well which is kind right of like, right yeah well, of course yeah yeah absolutely the police violence the, angle yep the crux of the case is yes. um, two things they're basically charging them with a uh, there there was some legal loophole that the government was 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 charging them with like all conspiring together to cause these riots and 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 the big thing was like that the the um law that they're using had to do with like crossing state lines in order to do that and and the fact of the matter is is that it was this very it was this very obscure law that was originally enacted basically to like keep black people down like it was like it was originally like passed in the south um, and they were kind of using it in order to indict um, these uh, counterculture uh, people who were protesting the war. 
The other thing was just really who started the who started the violence was yes. it the cops or the people? Yeah, because that 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 gets to kind of the crux of the defendant's case is that you know that they feel like it was pretty clear that the police were actually the ones who started the violence, and you know the flashbacks show that to be the case. Like when they do show that, um, that in large part that is what it was. Um, and yet you know they the government is able to bring witness after witness who basically just lie and and say that no that wasn't the case. It feels familiar. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this was an Aaron Sorkin movie, as you guys mentioned. Um, how Sorkin-esque did it feel? I'm, um, it, is, it is really Sorkin-y, I would yeah. say. Oh, for, really? for, for For everything that means. Um, I, I talked to a friend about, you know, that I had seen this and that we were going to be covering it on the podcast. Um, and I, I had to, like, he said, like, should I see it? And I, I started by being like, how do you feel about Aaron Sorkin? Like, like, you know, generally do you like Aaron Sorkin stuff or not? Cause that'll tell you whether you want to see it or not to, to, to some degree. Um, it's, it's Sorkin in terms of like the dialogue, just like you said, Willie, and that it's like very, um, snappy. It also has kind of the self-righteous streak that mm. Aaron Sorkin has most of the time. It can be fairly preachy and, you know, your, your mileage may vary as to how much you are able to tolerate that or not. Um, and the other thing that it has is it gets quite uh, schmaltzy at times in the way that like hokey in, in the way that Aaron Sorkin stuff can get kind of hokey, which is like probably the main thing that I have against it in certain scenes. Which, which but like the, the, the comic relief you thought like, like the comic relief, and, the, the, um, the, the comic relief was okay to me. Um, although like, I do think that it kind of diminished those characters a little bit. Uh, I'm thinking more of like the end of the movie when he reads the names of the people who are in the war uh, and like the music yeah. swells and everyone's clapping and it's kind of like, come on, man. Like I, I, I get the point and I feel like this could have been a more powerful scene without mm-hmm. you like turning up like the hokey meter here to like right. make make it clear that this is like a big powerful Im- it was like one of those things um but you, you know it did you watch secession at all nish i don't but i've seen trailers for secession obviously and seen like little clips of secession secession succession and um i've also seen jeremy strong in other things like he's in the big short for instance he's like steve carell's like sec- right hand man yeah. um and he plays what i assume is a very similar character in that to what he plays in succession. And I'm glad you bring this up because I'm assuming you're going to mention how different he is in this movie. Like oh, I totally, I had no idea. Like it was like, it was blowing my mind that that was Jeremy strong. Um, he plays Jerry Rubin, the other like main, like very counterculture guy, uh, it, it, you know, like Abby Hoffman and it's, yeah, he, he's great. I, I thought he was great. And like a very different side of him. <laughs> Phenomenal. I was shocked. It was yeah. like, I mean, he has a very unique and distinct face. So as soon as he came out, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, his character was so different. He was phenomenal. Yeah. So do we do we do we want to talk about the cast, Paul? Because I'm, I'm sure you looked at the cast list and it's a pretty impressive cast list. Yeah, sure I was, was going to ask, you know, who else stands out to, for you guys in this? Because there's, I mean, there's, there's, like you said, there's a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. So for Joseph, me, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is good. He's an interesting character. He's basically like, he's the prosecutor. Um, he's he, uh, and he is sort of like the conflicted prosecutor. Like he, he definitely like, like there are points in time where he feels very morally conflicted about what he's being asked to do 
Um, and he plays that pretty well, I would say. For me, I thought that the two people who stood out to me besides Jeremy Strong were um, Sasha Baron Cohen. I actually thought was really, really good. Um, it, it's it's a hard role um, because it's like I, I actually feel like Jeremy Strong is more comic relief, like you said, um, Willie. And I feel like the you know Sasha Baron Cohen playing Abby Hoffman. He's definitely very funny at times, but he's also like kind of in in a lot of ways the the heart of the movie you know, along with Eddie Redmayne's character. I mean, their, their interplay is like a big part of the movie. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was great. And then the other guy I thought was great was Mark Rylance playing the lawyer, uh, Bill Kunstler. I thought, I yeah. thought he was really good. Uh, for me, um, how do you not mention, uh, Frank Langella? Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. Like, yeah. I mean, he's the, he's the judge. Yeah. He's a motherfucker. And yeah. you fucking hate this yeah. guy. He is like, he is absolutely the villain of the piece. And and, and he, yeah. Like you hate him. Like yeah. he, mission accomplished. Um the other guy who I loved who is like a very supporting five minutes, but like loved every second. My, Michael Keaton comes in. Oh yeah. And he was and he was great. He plays the former former attorney general. The yeah, the, yeah. the so so this uh the this um the incident and the um, meaning the riots and the trial span administrations. Basically, the story is that the trial occurs, obviously, during the Johnson administration. Johnson is not running for re-election. Um, and so that's why there's the convention. And it's kind of important, you know, who they're going to nominate and all that sort of thing. Um, and so um, Michael Keaton plays Johnson's attorney general, the person who was attorney general at the time of the riots. And then it is um, Nixon's attorney general who actually brings the indictments and all that. Um, and so it's, you know, basically there's a new attorney general, uh, John Mitchell, who would later be um, implicated in Watergate and go to prison. Um, and he's played by uh, Lieutenant Rawls from The Wire in, in one scene in the very beginning. So it's kind of cool to see him. But but yeah, yeah, Michael Keaton was a, like very small role, but he was very cool in that role. What did you think of Eddie um, Redmayne? Because he was kind of the other one that stood out for me, and I always like John Carroll Lynch. I think he's under under underrated actor. He shows up and stuff, and you're like, oh yeah, I like that guy. Yeah, yeah. John Carroll Lynch is definitely someone who I like in everything I see. Like it's kind of a thing. Like when if you see him in a little part in a movie, it's like ah, oh, great. Like I'm I'm glad he's yeah. in this. Um, yeah. yeah, Eddie Redmayne I thought was good. Like I mean, I, I don't think he stood out the same way as everyone else. He maybe has a tougher role, to be fair. Like he's he's mm -hmm. he's like very much not the funny guy. Like he's like the serious one and kind of the one that's like a little like. I, I mean, at, at, at once he's like more pragmatic than the others, but he's also the one who fails to see at times like what sort of the big picture is. Um, a lot of what they go into in this, Paul, is like. The fact that this is and and uh, Sasha Baron Cohen uses this term multiple times, like this is really a political trial. Like it's almost like the U.S. equivalent of like a Russian like show trial where it's like they're basically just trying to make an example out of these people. And he and uh, Jerry Rubin, Jeremy Strong character, Strong's character are able to kind of use that a little bit to like kind of like play up to that and sort of make a show out of it a little more. Um, and Eddie Redmayne's character doesn't like that. But like in the end, that's actually kind of the more effective thing in a way like it gets their it, it sort of gets their uh, viewpoint out a little more than it would have. All right. Dude, um, I, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Um, 
that the guy from the Watchmen was in this movie. Yeah, yeah, Bobby. So, so, so Bobby Seal, the head of the Black Panther. I didn't realize that Bobby Seal's character was played by Yaya Abdul Mateen. Yeah, Yeah, totally. He was solid. Like he had a he had a tough role to play. He did. Uh, His his character got fucking shit on in ways that like made your stomach turn, and he was good. Yeah, he always is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was very good, and it kind of. I mean, it's the way that the story goes, obviously, but it kind of it sucked a little bit when he's basically not in the third act because his story gets resolved to some extent, basically uh, midway through the movie. And it was a little sad not to have him there for the last part. I mean, it was fine. (laughs) It was like, stop fucking torturing. this. Sure, sure. There is that. It sounds like this movie is pretty, pretty intense overall. It. It's intense at times, but it's also like it's fun. I, I mean, fun is not quite the word, but y- y- it's a Sorkin movie, right? Like I, you'll be you will be entertained from scene yeah. to scene at the same time. It, it's it very kind engaging. Of, yes, I guess is, the, is the way I would yeah. describe it. Like it I was su- fast. It yeah. was it was here and gone real quick. And I was like, man, I can't remember the last movie I've seen that I was like that sucked into and, and it ended. And I was like, holy shit. That yeah. was a fast movie. Yeah, yeah. Because it's over two hours. I was intending to watch it in two installments and watch the whole thing straight through because it was just like, no, oh, this is like going by and like I want to see. Yeah, I want to see what happens next. So, yeah, I definitely feel like that's a good a good sign. All right. I think you will like it, Paul. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll have to check it out. Um, anything else you guys want to touch on as we start to wrap up here? It's tough. It's tough to like dive into things like the filmmaking, the direction, because I've seen a Sorkin movie. You've seen that. Yeah, like you get it. Yeah, I, I didn't notice too much. I get like the one thing maybe I could point out that I thought was kind of interesting was um, in the opening. Um, I, I think they do a pretty good job of introducing everything in the first 10 minutes. Um, they do your like typical like, you know, show like you know, footage of like real, like, you know, like mm-hmm. president Johnson talking about Vietnam and stuff like that. But then they do this like kind of intercut of like each of the defendants talking about like what they wanted to do in Chicago. And like one sentence bleeds into like the next characters and it like kind of goes straight through, through about three minutes. And you kind of get the sense of what all of them were there to do. It never shows the riots in the beginning, which I think is a clever way. It, it cuts from like them preparing to go to Chicago to like five months later and like the government deciding to bring charges. And then it goes back to the riots as they tell the story through the trial. They show kind of, you know, the the characters thinking about what was going on and then it cuts to like different points of, you know, what was actually happening. I thought that was a smart choice. Personally, I, I liked the way that that sort of played out. Mm-hmm. I did notice, by the way, I thought Sasha Baron Cohen was very good, but I did notice him slide in and out of his accent. His accent was not... Great. Yeah. 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 I, the nitpick. Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. I think it's a credit to like how good his performance is otherwise that like, I didn't mind that, but yeah, yeah. I, I agree. His, his accent's a little uneven. Maybe um, he was just sliding in out of Borat. <laughs> Borat. <laughs> what, if, what if he could only like do a Borat voice whenever he acted, no matter what he was in. Jesus. I'd watch it. <laughs> it would, it would be something. It would be interesting. I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah, I think Paul Rubens has that problem, right? Um, 
<laughs> so why don't we uh, wrap things up with Slapper Great on there. Um, Willie, why don't you go first? Favorite movie I've seen in 2020 so far. Favorite new movie I've seen in 2020 so far. So if I'm doing the Paul Nice scale, I'm giving it a five. Whew. If I'm being... I don't think I could... There's very much for me to critique here. Really enjoyable, really good writing, funny parts where needed. Like, yeah, this is a five for me. Favorite movie of the year so far. Wow. All right. I, th- I think it's going to win some Oscars. Um, can it? It'll... Yeah, I, I think so, right? What did it have a theatrical engagement? Oh, um does it have to have had a theatrical engagement? All right. I think it can win some golden globes. <laughs> uh, I think no, it's like all right, or you I think it either does or you have to prove that it um intended to. There's something like that. But what about like I mean like Roma won Oscars? That was all just on Netflix. Um, uh, well, maybe I'm wrong then. Or like Mudbound, right? Like that, that one, that like, like there've been movies nominated, like Netflix movies nominated. Yeah, but some like, of those. I don't know. While, we, while, 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 while you're looking into this, I'll, uh, I'll give my yeah, uh, what you, thing. People to would it. definitely yeah. want to hear about this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> In real time, they want to hear you search for it. Um, yeah, I would say I, I, I thought this was a very good movie. I will, I will repeat that I think like. Some of this comes down to like how okay you are with like Aaron Sorkin kind of stuff. If like if like the West Wing isn't your jam, or like you know, or you didn't like love like you didn't love the Social Network, even if you were just like okay with the Social Network, like I don't know that you'll like like this. I like both of those things and have a pretty high tolerance for Sorkin speechifying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Newsroom's the one where I'm a little more like because eh, I think Newsroom falls much more on the preachy side of things uh, than any of his other ones um but anyway um i'm gonna give it a four i i do agree with you willie that i think it's um definitely gonna be at least be up for oscars assuming it can be um <laughs> assuming it's eligible um that it'll definitely be up for stuff um because yeah no, I, th- I thought it was very well done and uh makes really good use of its cast and, and i'm glad you mentioned frank langella because i feel like he is He's really great in it. Um, and and like you said, really horrible. He reminds me of like, uh, I was trying to think of like another character that he would remind me of. Um, and the one I came up with, even though it's not quite the same, but it's like you hate him with the same level, I think, is the warden from Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, like kind of the Just person like- in power who like, he tries to be nice every once in a while, but like the whole time it's like, you're such an asshole. You're such a dick. And like, and he just uses his power over and over again. Hmm. Um, all right. Well, um, I did find the I did find the rules. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Is this eligible? Uh, well, not currently, uh, as far okay. as I know. Um, <clears throat> you have to either one be a film which was intended for theatrical release, um, but was initially made available through commercial streaming. So I don't know how you prove that you're intended for theatrical release. Or a film that opened in theaters in at least one of six qualifying U.S. cities. Um, So they and it has to run for seven days. Um, Okay, what are the cities? (laughs) New York, L.A., Chicago. Oh, I'm glad you asked. Um, Yeah, so they are um, Los Angeles, 
um, Los Angeles County, City of New York, all five boroughs, um, the Bay Area, these are not cities, the Bay Area, which are the counties of San Francisco, Marin, Alameda, San Mateo, and Contra Costa, Chicago, Miami, Atlanta. Atlanta. So those are like the relaxed COVID rules for Oscar eligibility. Um, so I would imagine that, yes, okay. you have to... Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, so you've said that according to the Wikipedia page, the trial of the Chicago 7 was originally scheduled by Paramount to begin a limited theatrical release on September 25th before going wide on October 16th. On June 20th, because of movie theater closures, it was reported Netflix was in negotiations to acquire rights to the film, and then it did, obviously, blah, blah, blah. So I guess they can prove that it was originally intended. Right. For a theatrical release, yeah, I, I, w- right. I wonder how you in- I wonder how you prove you <laughs> must intended be to put this movie up. Right, right, um, right. So, so, so it does sound like it was originally intended to be in theaters. So, I guess it would be eligible for that. Yeah, and and reason. you mentioned like Roman stuff, and I kind of remember that movie having like a very brief run just to kind they of probably make did. If, 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 if those are the rules, they probably did that. They probably just like put it in, yeah, like you said, like for a week or two in like New York and L.A. or something like that. Yeah, The Irishman came out this year. The Irishman came out last year. Because they definitely put that in theaters for like a week or two. Yeah. And it was nominated for Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Speaking of movies in theaters, um, wanted to touch briefly. Oh, man, I am on the segues tonight. <laughs> on a bunch of movies that will not be in theaters. <laughs> uh, yep. And those are all the movies that w- that are coming to HBO Max in 2021. Um, they've announced that they're putting their entire theatrical run on HBO Max um, for next year. Yeah, this is uh, Warner Brothers, right? Uh, yeah, sorry. That's what, yeah. Um, and that's kind Do of we crazy. Have clarity? Do we have clarity on like, so example, Wonder Woman 1984 comes out Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Do I got to pony out 30 bucks for that? Or does my HBO Max subscription just cover that? So no, you don't. However, you the movie is not available on hbo max in perpetuity i believe it's available for 30 days i have to double check that but it has a time limited run Um, but no you don't have to you don't have to pay out any extra um to watch it i think this is their play to try and get in the same sandbox as disney plus and netflix like if you like new movies and you like warner movies you're gonna just have to pony up that I have no idea. What is it? Ten bucks? Fifteen bucks a yeah. month? I mean, it's their play to get you to pony up for HBO Max, right? Which um, right, right. They want to get as many people on there as possible, which is like tough now because right because HBO is not what it once was uh, since it's been acquired and like all the people left and it's all new people now and it's kind of I don't know HBO and name only um, a little bit. So, but hey, if it becomes like the Warner Brothers streaming house, that's fine. I mean. To be to be honest, like this move when they announced it, I mean, it worked on me. I was like, well, I guess I'm signing up for HBO Max next year. Yeah, I mean, there are some big movies that are that are part of this list of stuff that is going to be, uh, you know, streaming now on on HBO Max, which wasn't going what to else, be. What else is coming up? So, um, the fourth Matrix movie is going to be one of those. Uh, Dune, obviously, is is a big one. Right. Um, there's, uh, the, the suicide squad, like the, the sort of redo of suicide squad with James Gunn, uh, directing, um, is another one. The new space jam movie, (laughs) um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, in the Heights, 
the the Lin Manuel oh, Miranda. Nice. Yep. That's that's also on this list. Um, so there, there's a lot. There's a movie. Um, this is interesting to you and me, Willie. Uh, there is a movie on their slate called Judas and the Black Messiah. It stars um, Daniel Kaluuya, the guy from uh, Get Out, and it is about um, the uh, Black Panther leader Fred Hampton, uh, Bobby Seale's friend, the guy who gets killed midway through the oh, Chicago geez. Seven movie. It's about him. Huh. So huh. I thought that's kind of that's a nice little tie-in. I was looking through this and I was like, oh, look at that! I know who this guy is now. Mm-hmm. I, I was waiting to find out why that movie would not be interesting to me, but now I see. <laughs> yep. Now, now you know. Um. Yeah, so, yeah, like I said, it's going to get me to watch, to uh, get HBO Max, which is convenient because uh, the next movie we're going to be reviewing is Wonder Woman 1984, which is coming out on Christmas Day um, on HBO Max. So we'll be checking that out um, and reviewing it for you guys. Looking forward to this movie. I I don't know what you guys think, thought about the first Wonder Woman movie, um, but as far as, like, the Snyderverse movies go, like... Um, that's by far the best one by a mile. By far. By, by, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's a perfect movie. I, I think, like, the end, like, the end, the, the climax of Wonder Woman feels like it devolves a little more into, like, the rest of the Snyderverse things where it gets all dark and I'm not in love with, like, the final villain. Although, to be fair, like, Marvel movies also have villain issues in, in a, lot, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's a low bar, to be fair, but like it is easily the best uh, DC movie of, of this new DCEU or whatever they call it. Yeah, so we'll have to I'm, I'm going to have to go back and watch that first one, I think, before watching the second one again, because it's been quite a while. But I'm looking, I'm know, looking Paul, forward to this movie. We talked about this a while ago. I think it was the week Nish was out um, about movie production companies eventually kind of starting their own experiential theaters when things open back up. And and it seems like that's what's happening. Like each company is figuring out what their strategy is for streaming. And then when there's an opportunity to open a physical space, like the infrastructure to put those things there, we'll, we'll, we'll be ready to go. Yeah. I mean, that could be true. I mean, this could be, yeah, this could be just, a matter of we don't know what 2020 is going to look like so we're going to hold on to as much rights and stuff as we can and we'll do right. we'll do the distribution digitally and maybe we'll move into a physical theater space maybe they're just hoping that like they'll get a ton of people to if they announce it early and like like they feel like yeah there's a 50 50 chance we're going to go this way anyway we might as well say it now and get people signed up now um because that's you know recurring revenue is is the ball game there so that's what they want um but who knows? Does it work with these um, deals where, like, your phone company will give you Disney Plus free for a year? Does Verizon just like pay Disney, or uh, does Disney give it to like come up with a deal? No, I think it's the other way. Yeah, I think I think Disney pays Verizon and says like, give this to your customers, and then like they'll like it's like they'll stay and then they'll stay clients because it's going to work, right? Like I I just got a notice a week ago that my Disney Plus you know free year or whatever was ending soon yep same and i was like all right well i'm i'm not leaving like i can't leave disney plus right so right now they got you for life yeah yeah exactly all they had to do was make all mcu and star wars (laughs) properties that i'm in yep it's not gonna work for hbo man because they're gonna want to recoup some of that box office money 
by with paying customers and not paying customers in a year. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is I don't think this is their plan going forward. I think this is their 2021 plan. And then who knows what's going to happen after that? Right. The other thing with this plan, obviously, which seems kind of ham handed, is that they didn't like give a heads up to any of the like directors or anything, which, you know, I mean, the directors have been complaining about this a lot. Like, you know, I, I mean, Christopher Nolan isn't involved like it's not any of his movies but he's he was pissed off about it and very vocal about it denny villeneuve who is directing dune was really angry about it and some of this is just like inside baseball stuff where it's like it has to do with like the cuts that they will get from the movie yeah, and, and like you know back end right gonna make nothing on it right and there's a little bit of like how much should the three of us or you know moviegoers really give a shit about any of that about which you know <laughs> which people are getting paid exactly like you know and how to to some degree i mean you know but i do feel like it's like it seems kind of silly where it's like you want to attract top talent like why wouldn't you sit them down and say like i mean not negotiate with them but at least tell them beforehand like hey this is what we're going to do and this is why we have to do it like where we just wanted to give you like a heads up the story is that they did that with patty jenkins like they let her know beforehand with wonder woman 1984 Right, um, but that was, a, that was a separate out long enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I, like, I don't know who's right and who's wrong here. I think, I think Christopher Nolan was wrong about Tenet um, to, to do it the way he did. Uh, it flopped pretty badly. And, um, yeah, I agree. So you know, and I and yeah, like you said, Nish, like the movie going public like i don't know how much they should care about which millionaire gets richer in this scenario yeah. uh, i literally give zero shits and i'm thrilled to be able to watch them in my house right i i, I agree with that yeah because i sure as shit was not going to the movie theaters to see this stuff yeah yeah anytime soon so yeah, yeah. and i have no i have no loyalty to the new hbo max like if if they do this and they implode afterwards because nobody else wants to work with them i don't really care um yeah Right. Well, no, l- less about HBO Max and more about Warner Brothers as a studio. Like, it, it seems odd that they would not. I don't know. Like, like, from what I hear, like, there's a significant amount of this ill will has to do with the fact that these people were weren't told at all before. Like, they found out along with everybody else when when Warner Brothers like made the announcement. And it's yeah. kind of like, yeah, like, you know, that that puts a bad taste in people's mouth. It doesn't mean they won't work with Warner Brothers again. Money is a powerful motivator. But yeah, but, but it is, it does seem a little weird where it's like, you know, these are pretty, you know, big time directors and you want to be able to like keep your channels open with who you want to work with. And this seems like an odd way to do it. It seems it like they would have been disappointed no matter what. And they probably would have gone, come out and said something no matter what, but I don't think they would have been quite this pissed about it. If you had just like given them a day heads up and said like, "Mm, FYI, like we're going to announce this, like we have to. Like, and that seems like a very easy thing to do. I don't quite understand why they didn't do it. Yeah, I I mean, who knows? I mean, it, yep. could, just, it could just be like, I don't know, AT&T dropping the ball. I don't, I, like, I don't know. Like, could be. Yeah, who knows? But like you said, eventually money cures all problems. It does. It definitely um, does. At least their problems. Um, right. So, but we'll enjoy it. Um, I'll, we'll enjoy it and we'll start enjoying it in the next episode with Wonder Woman 1984. Podflakes out. <laughs> Wait, we got an email address. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Podflakes <We> back. <laughs> <laughs>
That's right. We finally have an email address that you can email us at. And we think this will work that will actually get your emails. And uh, should you decide to email? I, wa- I wonder if everyone who's going to email us has just decided not to email us now that we've spent months telling them not to email us. Um, our email address is talktopodflix um, at gmail.com. Um, so I'm not going to spell that all out, but it's all letters. <laughs> talk to it's Podflix. Not- it's, it's not talk two pod flicks with the number two i i went through so many areas so i tried obviously pod flicks was already taken um i tried pod flicks podcast and it informed me that that was taken but i could have pod flicks podcast nine and it was oh. like okay i'm and not doing that want it? then i thought about the pod flicks podcast and then i was like that's just going to be a nightmare to say because mm-hmm. i'm going to say the and then explain that the is part of the name and you know all that so then I went with talk to Podflix and I just realized as I was saying it that it's like, ah, shit, like I have to explain that it's not the number two. Well, I, I mean, talk- I can get that one, too. That's true. I could do that. All right. Maybe I will talk to the hands. <laughs> talk to the Podflix. Yep. Talk to the Podflix or talk to Podflix? Talk to Podflix. Oh, God. <laughs> Why would you say talk to the Podflix? Just to fuck with you, buddy. <laughs> All right, so you can email us at that address. Uh, the rest of the stuff still applies, right? We have a we have a Twitter handle, but good luck finding it, and we're not we're never going to look at it. So why even bother? Paul looks at it, and it's Podflix. <laughs> yeah, I know he looks God at it, but it. that's basic. That's basically what Paul says every single time about our Twitter. I don't want anyone to tweet it. Then I got to answer them. See, there yeah. you go. All right, Paul, do that thing again. What I don't remember what it was. <laughs> See you guys later. <laughs> it it is my curse. Mm-hmm. I will I will just how how long are those movies? Are they like two hours and fifteen minutes each or something? Probably something dumb like that. So four and a half hours. I will just masturbate that entire time. You couldn't possibly. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna masturbate for four and a half hours straight. You would but there will, be four, there, there will no, be four. There will be four and a half no, hours no. of time. You have to masturbate for four and a half. There will hours be four straight. and a half hours of. T- I, if I masturbated for four and a half hours straight, I would still probably derive more pleasure <laughs> than you will watching those two Spider-Man movies. Well, you would for two minutes, and then it'd be three hours and fifty-eight minutes of agony. It, it's still okay. It's it's still okay. All right, I'm going to text you when I start the first move. <laughs> All right. This is okay for post-show roll? Oh, yeah. I, I, I would be disappointed if this did not go in the post-show roll. <laughs> this might be the first episode I listened to all the way through. <laughs>